I cannot believe you just said that. Talked it last game. He was throwing nothing but straight piss missiles. Is this the dagger? That's why he has to be the greatest. He's not, dude. He's not. You think he's in danger of losing his spot? He is the danger, man. Welcome into the Lace Em Up podcast. I am one of your hosts, Landon Pats, joined by my other host, Ty Gensler. How are you today, Ty? Doing great. How about you? Doing pretty good. It's a beautiful Friday. Beautiful Friday. We're back on a Friday. Yes, we are. It's great. Two straight weeks. I know. On a Friday. We got to get this done quickly before we head out of town, but we're still very excited to bring this episode to everybody. We're heading to Piedmont, Oklahoma. Couldn't tell you where it is. Couldn't tell you what it looks like, but I'm about to find out. I've never been to Piedmont, but it's Piedmont. All right. All for everybody listening back at home, thank you so much for listening. We're going to get right into the into last week's work and then moving into next week. So, start of the episode, we're going to be recapping the NFL, including last night's game between the Jags and the Saints, moving on to some of the games of the week for next week in the NFL, and then we're going to move back into last week's Saturday games, the NCAA football games that we had watched and seen, some of the best games of the week out there so far. Really, really has been great. Moving some of Gensler's Genesis games of the week for college. <laughs> A little bit of NFL news in there, a little bit of MLB news for the playoffs going on currently right now, and then we're going to move into segment two where we're going to be previewing the NBA since it's back on Monday. Yay! Should be a great game between the Lakers and Nuggets opening night. The NBA. I saw the Suns beat the Lakers in the preseason last night, so that was... Whoop-dee-doo. Whoop-dee-doo. Preseason basketball. Preseason. We'll have the NFL standings as we... Or not the NFL, excuse me. The NBA standings as we see them. Some of the MVP winners, Rookie of the Year, Defensive Player of the Year, Most Improved, and Coach of the Year. But... But... you got to move it all the way back to the start. (sighs) Back to the NFL real quick. Start recapping some of those games. First game that we're going to look at here, Jets versus Eagles. 20-14 to Jets. Stop the undefeated Eagles... Quick preview, there are no more undefeated teams left in the NFL. Yeah, that's correct. Which is kind of weird. Yeah. Did not expect this to be the week that that ended, but here we are. Yeah, I mean, 49ers were hot. Eagles, they weren't as hot as the 49ers, but, you know, they still showed dominance. But this is a game I think that needed to happen for Philadelphia because we've seen how their offenses ran the past few weeks. It has not been the greatest, but they've just been able – they've been on survival mode in some games. And – Hurts throwing three picks to uh, what looks to be a practice squad uh, Jets defensive back at the time. That was that was kind of a real reality check for them, and it seems like they're going to be heading back into the next week looking for another win. Can I say what this game proved to me real quick? What's that? Robert Sala should be the head coach of the Jets for a long time coming. Yeah, That dude sure. is a defensive wizard. This is it – really, it's all up on the offense for the Jets. You mentioned this already, but with four – Corners, correct? Four corners out of their starting active roster yeah. out yeah, this they were game. Out. Yeah. Yeah. Including Sauce, correct? Yeah. Yeah. So most of your starting corners, most of your starting defensive backs against a team that has Jalen Hurts, Devontae Smith, AJ Brown, Dallas Goddard is a pretty daunting idea. And to hold that team to 14 points, three turnovers by Jalen Hurts, it's very, very impressive. And to win that game because of your defense. Yeah, that was impressive. I mean, Robert Sala, I think, should be the head coach of this team for a while. And it still makes me excited for hopefully next year when Aaron Rodgers comes back. Yeah. To I mean, he's, lead looking, the offense. he's looking to come back this year, but I don't think that's possible. I don't think it's logistically possible. We can unless, get into that real quick. Unless he's into some Hindu magic, which we have seen, but. I mean, what, what have we known about Aaron Rodgers for his entire career? That guy wants attention. 
Yeah. He wants to be the front of the media. He wants to be the front page news. He doesn't want to be on front of the media, but he does. Oh, but he does. One thousand percent. He talks about he doesn't want to be there, but yet he keeps putting himself in front of the camera. It's like when someone sends a selfie of like them in the hospital, and then they get mad that, about the attention they've gotten. They're like, "This is the least of the things I've wanted." Yeah, but that's exactly what you you got because of the situation you put yourself in. Yeah, for so sure. Anywho, Aaron Rodgers being on a full exclusive interview talking about how his Achilles is starting to feel better, and then being out there in front of the cameras in front of the game Throwing to warm the ball. up, and yeah, like. There's a lot of things here that are publicity stunts, I think, in some ways. Yeah. At the same time, Aaron Rodgers, I don't think it's logistically possible for you to come back from a bare minimum eight-month injury yeah, no. in two and a half, three months. For sure. Like, it's not possible. I appreciate what you're doing. Also, please don't destroy your leg in the process trying to get back so fast. Yeah, no. This is... Take your time on this, because it is the Jets. Like, it's nothing to... Nothing to really sacrifice your whole body for the next for your whole life now. And you'll have a better opportunity next year. You know that this team will be back in the same way. They're really, really young. Yeah, for sure. Moving on to the next game. Interdivisional game. Rams beating the Cardinals twenty six to nine. I mean, the Cardinals are starting to look more like what I thought they would to begin the season, honestly. Yeah. They put a lot of fight into a lot of early games. They're actually up in this game early. Um, and then kinda I don't want to say blew it, but in certain ways, the play calling kind of screwed them over. Josh Dobbs had 41 passing attempts. That's and was just their leading rusher. I never thought I would see Joshua Dobbs throw the ball 41 <coughs> times. I mean, me neither. I don't even think he ever did that at Tennessee, did he? No. No, no not, not even close. Not a cl- no chance. Plus, he was their leading rusher. I mean, it, this is just not a good offense right now. Yeah, no. Um, and, I mean, that's, that's to be expected with the offensive options that they have. They're running Keontae Ingram, Damian Williams, and Mario DiMarcato, and Rondale Moore. Outside of Josh Dobbs, like this is not a good team. The only yeah, exactly. That's exactly what we everybody thought they would be. be a good team. This is exactly what we thought they would be doing this year. Yeah. For the Rams side of things, Matthew Stafford continues to be a very confident quarterback. Kyron Williams has broken out as a great running back. One. Yeah, 158 yards, a touchdown, seven point nine a carry is really really good. Yeah. Cooper Cup good. was back to Cooper Cup, seven for 148 and touchdown. Looked. Yeah, I mean this is a good te- this is a good sound team. I mean. I mean, Puka, he only had four receptions, 26 yards, but, I mean, he's still getting his targets somewhat. Not like how it was the first week, but we knew kind of going in when Cooper Cup came back it was going to be a little dip. So. Oh, for sure. And they'll, they'll figure out a way to incorporate him as a wide receiver too as well. They've done it for years with Robert Woods and whoever else they've had in that offense. They'll yeah. figure out a way to get him incorporated yeah. for sure. For sure. Moving on, Lions beating the Bucks twenty to six. We kind of thought the Bucks were going to win this one. We I wanted be, thought so too, but it's just not what happened. No, I mean this Lions team is really good, and honestly, yeah. their offense was really impressive in this game. What got me the most was their defense. Yeah, their defense was so good. They stopped. In this game. Baker didn't have a single touchdown. Need to not had a three quarter, sacks. Quarterback rating of fifty six. One interception, not the greatest at all. 251 total yards allowed. Like, that's that's great. 4.6 yards per play is really, really good, especially when you're compared to 5.5. Mm-hmm. Especially when you have Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, Rashad White, all of them. Like, this is still a good offense. Oh, 100%. It's just, Baker's shown that he's confident enough to run the offense in previous yeah, weeks. But I think what really killed them was the lack of running game as well. Rashad mm-hmm. White, 3.7 a carry for very little carries. Yeah. Baker had to throw it 37 times in this game, and yeah. that's and again, not going to work. Jared Goff threw it 44 times. Like, these quarterbacks are just slinging them. Yeah, apparently they're just opening up the offenses now. Jared Goff was a little bit more efficient, though, with two touchdowns, 355 in the air. They, he, he is so good right yeah, now. he's real good. I will say, without they need um, David Montgomery back or they need Jameer Gibbs back very quickly because their run game looked really bad. Oh, yeah. That's why Jared Goff had to do so much. For sure. 
I mean, I never thought I would see Jared Goff throw it 44 times, but at least we we see he's able to do it. We can see that he's able to do it. And he's doing it at a pretty high level. Right? Yeah. He's, he's a good quarterback right sure. now. Sure. Moving on, going to the other side out here. The Bengals beating the Seahawks 17-13. I don't think this is the outcome that anybody would have said this wasn't the Bengals a, win. This wasn't a great game. No, it was not. Very – there was a lot – Burrow didn't look the greatest. Seattle just couldn't get it done, and it – turned up to be a weird 17-13 game. If I had told you before last week that the Bengals were going to win this game, you would have probably predicted they win it in a shootout for them. Oh, yeah. I thought it was going to be a shootout this entire game because both teams looked like they were trying to get their offense back together, and it didn't happen. Game of turnovers. Geno Smith, two interceptions. Joe Burrow, one pick. Two in- two touchdowns is really good, but only 185 yards passing. Yeah. Jamar Chase looked like he was all right. They just... I mean, if you're the Bengals, you're kind of in survival mode. Just wins a win here. Exactly. point. You moved yourself back to 500. I will say they are already back to 500 yeah. for a team that I still have said probably has one good week to hang their hat on right now in the season. Mm-hmm. That's n- that's not great. But the fact that you're 500, you're still in the race, you're doing fine. A team that needed to get a win to stay in the race, Vikings beating the Bears 19-13. to This was also a really ugly football game. Yeah. It didn't instill any level of confidence if you're a Vikings fan and in your ba- team. And the Bears are just now more depressed. I mean, for God's sakes, Justin Fields got benched in this game. Yeah, which, I mean, do you really think if, let's say Chicago does get one and two, you really think they're going to take Caleb? Oh, 1,000% at this point. You really think so? I would, I mean, you I'm kinda, still you on the Justin, have to. I'm still on the Justin Fields train. I, I have a hard time staying on when it's this long into it. I mean, he was 6 of 10, 58 yards, one pick. They didn't want to throw the ball with him, obviously. He, on the season right now, has just not been... Not been what you need. You brought in a number one wide receiver with the number one overall pick for him. Mm-hmm. He, I mean, currently right now, 61% completion percentage, 1,200 yards, 11 touchdowns, six picks. The team is not winning. Justin Fields, you are an Atlanta Falcon or a New England Patriot. <laughs> I, honestly, him in New England would be a great piece because they just need a playmaker, and that's exactly what Justin Fields is. I get the upside of Justin Fields. I get why people like Justin Fields. Yeah. His inaccuracy right now, his decision-making right now, and his – Keen prone to turnovers throughout a game. Oh yeah, for are sure. Serious issues. They can't have a good offense. They can't win games, especially yeah. when your defense is so lacking in talent right now. And you yeah. put all of your eggs in the basket of offense. They needed that offense to be good this year, and it just hasn't been. I like like you, no one expected them to get the playoffs, but it just shows some promise here. Oh, 100 percent. Being one in five and your season being over by week seven is not at all what the franchise wanted. But yeah, no. it's kind of what they've come to expect at this point. A game, they are the Bears. A game you did miss throughout the script that I'm looking at, the most controversial one, Bills versus the Giants. I did miss that game on there. Yeah. What a, that. That was a, do you think that was P.I.? 100%. Yeah. I will say this is starting to get a little old and a little suspicious that all of the little dogs that are in on these primetime games don't get the call going their way. Yeah. I get it once or twice, the Patrick Mahomes – Chiefs call where they didn't call the guy offsides or they didn't call the false starts or whatever. I get that. Mm-hmm. Um, there's other small things that have been out there too, like the Jets versus the Chiefs game a couple yeah. weeks ago, like the flag being thrown after the pick was made. Yeah, this is it's not a good look, but I, I know mean, it's like, not. It's like you can't do much about it. But now these these uh, NFL fans that really think that the NFL script is script writing here, it's not a good look on it. No. I will say, if you're any sort of ref and you've ever talked to a ref, they hold their whistles. They swallow their whistles within the last minute of a game if it's a one-possession game. Oh, yeah, for sure. And that makes sense. Unless it's super egregious, you don't want to be involved in the game. Yeah. Because then you would have Bills fans just as upset saying, well, why can you make a call like that and decide our game at the very end, right? I get it. 
at the same time, that was pretty egregious. Tyra Taylor played a really good game. The Giants deserve to be in this game. They, I mean, I don't know. The the terrible clock management before the second half, that was Oh, outrageous. yeah, that, that was pretty bad. That kind of that shot them. That was em. pretty bad altogether. But, I mean, you got to feel bad if you're Brian Dable here. You know what you're able to do. It's just your team's just not able to I succeed mean, like that. Do you know what's crazy is they look like a well-run offense. They really do. They look like they have the right places and the right pieces in there. It's just when they actually try to execute it, he doesn't have the pieces in place to execute. Yeah. And Which, now that's not on Brian Dable at this point. No, not at all. Say. And now uh, there was reports that Saquon Barkley, he's not going to know if he – he doesn't want to be traded from New York, but he really can't decide at this point. So it's, no, it doesn't yeah. sound good at all it if doesn't. you're a Giants fan. And I really hope they don't overreact and fire Brian Dable or something ridiculous like that because you settled him in now with Daniel Jones for the next four years and you have to have him to figure it out because he's yeah. probably your best bet, your for, best option out there right now. For sure, but – Bills got another win, and they're looking to try to get the division back. They also feel like a team that's just kind of hanging on right now. Yeah. They surged early, and then they're kind of just hanging on right now. This has been a weird season. It has been a really weird season. No Speaking one of another weird game. Go for it. Sorry. I'm cut you off. No, you're good. I was just going to say, like, no one's really looked dominant besides really San Fran, and even then they got... And even then, Sneak Creek, they lost. Yeah. Moving on to the second or this next game. Commanders beating the Falcons 24-16. I'm starting to believe in Sam Howell just a little bit. I mean, I just picked him up in fantasy, and uh, he is ranked 13th in fantasy. I will say, a buddy of mine was not too happy about the fact that you picked up Sam Howell. <laughs> he uh, he was in the group chat with me last night, texted me about how upset he was. I, I mean, I I really didn't have another choice. I didn't know I had, didn't have another backup quarterback for some odd reason. Hey, man. And so, you could have uh, given him to me since I had Anthony Richardson go out with a shoulder injury last week. I mean, if you if you want, like, Puka or someone, just send me an offer. I have man, too many receivers. I need it. Well, that's kind of the issue with me, too. I, I have running t- backs. I need, I need running backs, too. Anywho, and moving back, on to real football. Back, real back to the game. Back, back to, to the, the game. real game. Back to the game. Desmond Ritter looked so good, if I read you off the first part of his stat line. 28 for 47, 307 yards, two touchdowns. Great, right? Three picks. Three picks. That's the issue. That's the big one. Um, I'm a Drake London, though. Great game for Drake. Great game. Nine for 125. That dude is so good at being a high-point receiver. They they need to use him like T. Higgins in that offense. Kyle Pitts finally got a touchdown, but for some reason, Gianni Smith still has more production than him this season. I, I don't understand it. I don't. I do not understand it. You have such a versatile piece that you can use. As a, Patri- as a Patriots fan who had Gianni Smith, uh, he... Didn't, he doesn't really do much. I don't know how you can yeah, say he's fine. He's, he's a fine. Good starting tight end, but that's about all you. Can when you have say Kyle Pitts, like yeah, exactly. why a top ten pick, Kyle Pitts, top four pick, Kyle Pitts. Yeah, this guy was supposed to be your star offensive player that can play tight end and line up as a receiver, and not utilizing him is crazy. It's just crazy, yeah. And yeah. they have so many good pieces on this offense for them to be scoring sixteen points a game. Yeah, I feel like a lot of people are going to say, "Well, it's on the quarterback a lot." Yeah, in some ways, and in other ways, you you got to get those playmakers involved in the right ways. Yeah, you start to get those yak yards. You start to get those guys in space. Like Dijon Robinson in space is a great thing. Throwing it up to Drake London is always going to probably be a good option in single coverage. Mm-hmm. Throwing it up to Kyle Pitts in single coverage probably not a bad option either. But scheming them open as well is probably something that they need to be able to do better and score yep. more points off of those kind of wins. Definitely. Next one that we're moving on to here, Raiders beating your beloved Patriots 21-17. I didn't even watch this game. I I was about to say, is anybody really all that shocked? I mean, we lost uh, two former Patriots quarterbacks in Garoppolo and Brian Hoyer. Jacoby Myers, who people were mad that we didn't want to pay him a three-year, like $30 million contract because that was too much money for him. 
but yet signed Juju for more money, and he hasn't done much. The at memes all. around that have been really funny. Have you seen those? Yeah, I have, unfortunately. The Mega Mind meme always cracks me up. <laughs> so. Yeah, Mac Jones didn't look good, had an interception. There was a fumble. Uh, Ramondre had a rushing touchdown. Zeke had – the running game looked decent. It's just we suck. We I, Yeah, Mac Jones with another interception this week. Not a good look. I will say this Raiders team is also really bad. Yeah. This Raiders team is not good. I like Michael Mayer. I'm pretty sure Devontae got concussed or something. Devontae got pissed is what he did. Did you see he came out in an interview and was talking about – somebody tweeted – like quote tweeted him. It was like, if I want to be on a better team – yeah. You need to get me the ball more to make us a better team. Which, I give mean... Me the ball. I mean, yeah. I get it, but at the same time... Even if you're Brian Hoyer, you're not used to that offense because you've been in New England the entire time. Like, it doesn't hurt to throw it to Devontae Adams. I also will tell you right now that locker room is starting to get... You can hear the rumblings of people starting to get upset with Josh McDaniels, which, shocking, people in the locker room don't like Josh McDaniels. I have never heard that before as a people, Broncos fan. People don't like the Josh McDaniels. We've both heard it from our organization. I mean, for God's sakes, the dude is only liked because of how smart he is. He's a unbelievably talented offensive coordinator. He just He's a hard person to work with, apparently, from every report he's ever had. I mean, I wasn't... I was very bipolar when it came to his offense in New England because, I mean, he was a fan of... Third and 15, wide receiver screen plays. and all. He was a big fan of wide receiver screens. A big fan of screens in general, yeah. I will say that. Well, I don't know why we still do screens. But uh, I'm ready for a restart with the Patriots, honestly. I mean, it's going to be depressing. It's going to be a real depressing few years here. But The race for Caleb is on. Yeah. Moving on to a team that got their quarterback last year and seems to be pretty happy with them at this point. The Texans beating the Saints last week. We're going to talk about the Saints again, losing, but... Last week they lost the Texans twenty to thirteen. Honestly, man, CJ Stroud threw his first pick. Yep. It was first turnover of his career, which wild to say that we're in week six and that was his first one. Still had a really good game. Yeah. Not the best completion percentage, but 199 yards, two touchdowns to go along with that one pick. I mean, did just enough. The running game was okay. Derek Carr looked fine. Fifty pass attempts. That's fifty pass attempts for Derek Carr in a game. That's wild. You just can't do that, man. Like I don't. Camara's looked good though. Kamara has looked good. They need to get him the ball more. They need to have some more work out of some other guys to run the ball because the running game was not ideal this game. Yeah, no. But, I mean, Kamara looks like he's like just the heart of the team at the moment yeah. for that offense. Michael Thomas, I mean, we'll talk about it uh, last game, but he looked good yesterday. Yeah. So, I mean, good for him. Another uh, quick tell. tell, tell. Foster Moreau, three for, or four for 33 yards in this game against the Texans. I wonder if he'll continue his great streak of catching things. I wonder. Anywho, Texans won this game. I, I'm i really impressed with how good their draft classes look. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, the fact no. that Will Anderson looks this good, the fact that C.J. Stroud looks this good. This is going to be a good team in the future. This is going to be a really good team in the future. Jalen Petrie looks like a stud. He had a lot of young dudes. Henry Toto, you know him from Bama. Yeah. I mean. Also, they, speaking of Bama, um, Jameson Wilson, uh, Williams looked good. He did look good in yeah. that game. He had a really great track on that last, like, deep ball. He is open. electric on the field. Very off topic, but I forgot to mention that. But yeah, I mean, he is just one of the most impressive athletes out there right now. He's like already showing that. he is and how big he is. He's just showing you need a safety on him. No corner is really going to catch up to that speed. You need to double bracket him. You need to yeah. be able to have whatever corner in trail technique Yeah. so he can try and stay on the hit, but you better have that safety like 15 yards downfield. For sure. Tracking him down. Yeah. Without a doubt. Anywho, we can stop getting so excited over our buddy Jameson Williams and move on to somebody else we can get excited about with long, luscious, glowing blonde hair. Jacksonville Jaguars beat the Colts 37-20. Meh. 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 I mean, 
Very true. Trevor Lawrence wasn't that special. I will say Travis Etienne has looked really good these last few weeks. Yeah. Dude's getting in he the end zone, yesterday. working hard. Yeah. He looked good yesterday. We keep previewing this game. We're basically just not going to have to cover the Saints versus the Jaguars, but we will. I mean, we- Gardner, Gardner mentioned didn't look great. He had three turnovers, one touchdown, but... 30, 33 for 55. <laughs> I feel bad for this Colts team, man. You, I don't. You have to feel so bad for these Colts. Yeah. Yeah, again, thir- 55 passes in for Gardner Minshew is insane. And seven carries for Zach Moss. And eight for Jonathan Taylor. That's so great. You got Jonathan Taylor back. Yeah. Dude's been sitting around for four weeks. Said he was ready to play, and you gave him eight carries. Wild, wild stuff. Wow. I, don't, I don't get it. I get that you were behind in this game. But I you still have to be able to run the ball. ETN looked really good. Christian Kirk looked like a good player out there. Yeah. I mean, they're just they're doing what they're supposed to out there. And Christian good. Christian Kirk looked good yesterday too. He did look good. I mean, <laughs> we can't gosh, they've, they've kind of found their recipe for success. Yeah. Play good defense behind a good offense that's just gonna score, run the ball well, be a balanced attack. They don't need to do anything. For sure. Speaking of a team that's still very balanced but very powerful, the Dolphins beating Panthers forty two twenty one. And another quarterback that threw the ball a lot, Bryce Young, 38 attempts. It's almost crazy that we keep talking about these teams that threw the ball so many times. He threw more than two, two at 31. Yeah, because they didn't need to. Chuba looked good, though. Chuba Hubbard. Go Pokes. Go Pokes. I will say the Panthers got a 14-0 early. Yeah. I kind of thought this was going to be the first time that Miami was going to really slip up on the season. Because, I mean, their first loss, I'm not that upset about when they lost the Bills. That was a good game. Yeah. Tua looked really good with his 31 pass attempts. 38 for Bryce Young is kind of crazy. Raheem Mostert continues to be one of the best running backs in the league for <laughs> his age 31 to going into 32 season, which is crazy. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're just a really good team. For this Panthers team, good Lord, you good luck on good your luck. rebuild, man. Good luck on this rebuild. You're probably going to be trading away pieces of the deadline, and it's not going to matter because yeah. you just need so much help. You're going to need so much draft capital. It's yeah. it's crazy. I wonder what Tua said to Bryce after the game, because that was a long conversation. It was a had. long conversation. Yeah. Um, I wonder if he was like, hey, thanks for taking all the spotlight off of my injury stuff, because so you have injury stuff, and the other rookies have injury stuff. I really appreciate it. Or it's just, deal with what you got, man. <laughs> yeah, just get out of Dodge is basically mm-hmm. what he was saying to his fellow Bama quarterback. <sighs> but next game. Next game. Ravens versus Titans. This one Justin was Tucker. in London, correct? I think. Thing, maybe. I believe so. This was in London, yeah. Justin Tucker went 6-for-6 six six on field goals, but he, missed the extra point. He is very good at kicking. Yeah, very good. Lamar Jackson, pretty good game. 233, one touchdown, one pick. Not ideal, but also added 62 on the ground, 4.8 carries. Pretty good. Mm-hmm. They need to find Ryan, some way to get some better receiving options in there. Yeah, Ryan Tannehill on the other side. He got hurt. Some Malik Willis had to go in. He went 4-for-5. Four four he played all right. Uh, Tannehill had a actually did Tannehill get benched or did he get hurt I believe he got hurt and okay. then he could have come back in the game but they said they just didn't want to risk it at that point yeah and Malik no. was playing pretty well so they just kind of called it on that yeah Nelson Aguilar had another very bad drop I, I believe that's just Nelson Aguilar's MO I'm very yeah. curious to see if Derrick Henry gets traded because this team is not good this Titans team is not doing well they probably need to trade Derrick Henry at some point, but I don't even know what you'd get back for a 28-going-on-29-year-old running back that's this good. He's still really good. Yeah. 12 carries, 97 yards, and a touchdown is phenomenal. For sure. But this offense is just not going anywhere. DeAndre Hopkins only got two targets. It's just not It's not a good team right now, and you need more draft capital to help build up the team for years to come. Yeah, not good at all, but uh, it was also a not good game for this team, the 49ers. 49ers lose the undefeated streak 
after beating the crowd of the Cowboys last week, lose the Browns this week. Brock nineteen seventeen. Brock Purdy got stopped. He did for the get first stopped. Time. I will say, um, the the Browns right now, their defense is playing at an all time level. Yeah. Currently they have a defensive yards per game that I believe it's two hundred and one yards per game. If they were to end the season right now, the last time that anything was lower than that was the year nineteen sixty five. Was that the Bears? That was not the Bears. Give you one more guess. Mm-hmm. Colts? It was not the Colts. It was the Minnesota Vikings. Oh, yeah, I've never guessed that. I know, you just <laughs> had to go in the Midwest somewhere and kind of hope and pray and throw it at a dart. It was not the Purple Peters. It was the, before the Purple People Eaters. Oh, okay. It was the last time that a team was holding the held offenses to under 200 yards per game or right at 201 yards per game. Jesus Christ. They are... Out of their minds right now, defensively. Yeah, that was the worst performance Kyle Shanahan has ever had as the offensive coordinator slash head coach for the 49ers. Yeah, I mean, PJ Walker had zero pass touchdowns and two interceptions, and they still won. Yeah, I mean, can I say something real quick? What's that? I feel really bad for this guy, PJ Walker, because everywhere that I look on here, it always has him as Phillip. <laughs> and it's such a sad name for a guy, especially after he loses a game. Or wins a game, excuse me. Was his real name Philip? I, I guess so. You could update that, though, really easily. I know, like, people that have abbreviations on here and everything else. So, I don't know. Chris McCaffrey keeps his touchdown streak alive. The Niners lose. I have a feeling they're going to bounce back. I have a, I'm saying, dude, if this offense for the Browns can kind of figure themselves out a little bit, I know it's going to be hard without Nick Chubb now, but yeah. if they can figure themselves out just a little bit, they're going to make the playoffs just based on how good this defense is. I mean, we saw it... Um... My mind just went blank. I, don't know. <laughs> I mean, yeah, this. I mean, I'll kind of tag in for right here. We saw it last week a little bit with the Browns. They just need some stabilization at quarterback. Oh yeah, uh, crap. Kareem Hunt. Kareem Hunt's hey, back. Hey, there he is. Kareem Hunt's back. I don't know what just happened. Whoops. I I'm sorry. I'm looking at the next game. It was Cowboys versus Chargers. And I was about to talk about the Chargers, and I had to stop myself. Slow down, speed racer. Slow down, there, buddy. But yeah, I mean, Kareem Hunt looks good. That's a really good. Uh, replaceable running back for him because he still hasn't slowed down. A and knows second. the offense and doesn't have to skip a beat on what they're doing in the room. Like, Correct. He was definitely there all off season too. Yeah. But all right, we can move on and you can go on your you know, on your rant here. Cowboys beat <laughs> the Chargers twenty to seventeen. I mean, it's not really a rant. It was just a it was a weird game. Can I tell my fantasy story real quick? Yes, please. Oh my it was God, the greatest so thing. Funny. All right, all right. Picture yourself in this spot real quick. You are currently up by thirty eight points in fantasy, but. You have C.D. Lamb and Justin Herbert playing against you on Monday Night Football. They are beating you with about two minutes left in the game to go by 1.5 points, right? Mm. Well, I'm watching the game with Ty. I see that happen. I go, ah, damn, I'm going home. I got to go to bed, whatever. I'm not not staying up to watch the end of this game where they run the clock out. Justin Herbert gets the ball back. I get a mass text with all capital letters on there. They just picked him off. They just picked him off. I go rushing into my phone as quick as I possibly can, trying to figure out what app I'm going into. Finally look at it, and I gave a verbal, out loud scream of victory. I'm so happy about the fact. I was like, let's go. Sent that back to Ty. I won the match, and I texted the dude that was in the league about that. The funniest part about the whole thing is that guy doesn't care enough about fantasy. He goes, oh, I didn't even notice. It's like, <laughs> awesome. Great. But. I will say, I was very happy about it. Yeah, I mean, it was picked off by Stephon Gilmore, who had that costly penalty right there on the last drive for uh, the Chargers for them to, I believe, score the touchdown. Yeah, it was a touchdown to yes. Gerald Everett. And then he repaid. He got his get back, got the pick off, and the two-minute drive sealed the deal for the Cowboys. 
impressive. Both teams really needed the win for, to staple their season, and it was nobody really looked impressive. That was the thing. I I will say this right now: it's not shocking to me that the Chargers charged in a close game. Yeah, it's getting old at this point, man. It's so it's getting really stupid. old at this point. You have to fire Brandon Staley. Yeah, I get not doing it right now because it's week seven, but you have to at the end of this season, man. How many close games have these guys been in? How many times have we heard this story over and over yeah. and over of them blowing a lead or screwing it up in the regular season? Or even when they finally do get to the playoffs, they're going to screw it up there and blow a lead there. Yeah, for sure. Like, they have to fire him at this point. It doesn't make any sense to keep him around, especially in this division where you are expected to compete year in and year out with Patrick freaking Mahomes. It's not going to work. It's not going to work at all. And they need to do something about it because, again, Keenan Allen's – Gonna get older. You're about to run out of this awesome roster that you've had for so long because Justin Herbert's on his rookie deal. You miss the window to pay these dudes to win a early Super Bowl where you have an awesome roster around your great quarterback. For sure. Now you're gonna have to get into the Dallas Cowboys situation where it's like we can't afford all these extra guys because we're paying Dak. Or you're gonna be in the Ravens situation where we have to draft young receivers to bring in around him because we can't afford to bring in a bunch of big name guys. We brought in Odell. But he came off an ACL the year before. It wasn't a massive contract. He doesn't have an ACL. That's the thing. Exactly. Like, it's oh, it's frustrating. Oh, my gosh. I just get upset because I love <laughs> Justin Herbert. He's a great quarterback. <laughs> Ty is now just acting weird. <laughs> he's, yeah, he's lost it. It grinds my gears seeing the Chargers do this to themselves. Because Justin Herbert's so good. And I like, I, as a Patriots fan, I like the Chargers. I like Herbert, okay? Gosh. All right, moving on. Moving on to another <laughs> game that we're definitely not going to be frustrated about in any way, shape, or form. The Jags beating the Saints 31-24. Do we just go straight to it, or do we want to talk about the actual game first? Well, I mean, they, uh, that's a tough way to lose a game. <laughs> it is a really tough way to lose a game. So, I mean, it. I feel bad for the man. Foster Moreau is the guy we're talking about here. Yeah, Foster really. Moreau. And basically what ended up happening is, you can go ahead and explain it, because I think you have a better... Foster, uh, they were doing a two-minute drive, and they were down by, uh, was it? Yeah, they were down by seven. seven. Saints were looking to score. They were at, I believe, like the eight. Yeah, they were in the red zone. For and sure. it was a beautiful play where it was, I believe, it was the two left receivers. They went a different side, and Foster Moreau went uh, dragging the other side, just getting the defense uh, miscommunicated. Wide open, perfect ball by Derek Carr, and it just, he dropped it, slipped through his fingertips. And then they tried to go again. They tried to just throw it up to Chris Olave, but it was a beautiful defensive play by the Jaguars. I forgot who it was. Somebody from Arkansas. Um, Darius Williams. I believe it was. I believe it was Darius Williams. If I had to assume, that sounds right. I think it was Darius Williams. Yeah, he was the backup corner because their starter was out, which I forgot who their starter was. But um, again, it was beautiful coverage. Beautiful. Nearly got picked off, but then we saw. They showed a clip of Foster uh, pretty much crying on the sideline because, I mean, I get it, and you feel bad. You just That's just a tough way to lose, and you kind of needed that win right yeah, there. That was a very pivotal game in their season to see if they were going to go over 500 or under for the year. Yeah. And they are now officially under 500 and moving into week eight. And it looks like the Bucks are still there winning the division and all that. Yeah. So Jags did win their game and moved to 5-2. and two. I will say they won this game, didn't lose it. The, they had the chance to win it, yeah. like the Saints did. But I, I was pretty impressed with how the offense was called. Trevor Lawrence was really efficient in this game. Travis Etienne looked pretty good again with two touchdowns. Um, yeah. They need to be able to run the ball a little bit more for yardage, I would say. Trevor Lawrence was really good on the ground for some reason. Eight for 59 carries. 
Etienne, yeah, I mean, a little bit more efficient would be nice. They they threw the ball really efficiently. Christian Kirk had a good game. Evan Ingram looked really good. This Jags team, I feel like, is just going to start kind of winding into their consistency here, and they're already 5-2. and two. I feel mm-hmm. like they're going to start running away with a really bad division really quickly. For sure. That's just not a good division to be in. All right. Moving forward to uh, this week's games of the week. I only have one. It's, one big uh, game. Eagles versus Miami. I'm very excited for this one. Me too. I think that this is going to be a clash of how good is the Dolphins' offensive line compared mm-hmm. to the Eagles' defensive line, and also how effective are is Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle against Darius Slay and James Bradbury. Yeah, we get to it, this is pretty much just an all SEC matchup here. Oh yeah, hundred percent. This you is just Tua, like this is Georgia versus Bama. Basically. Yeah, you got Tua. Uh, Jalen Hurts, Devontae Smith, now Julio Jones, AJ Brown, AJ Brown, and then they pretty much have the Georgia Bulldogs defense. Yep. And on the other side for defense, I mean they have, oh, I guess you can't say Bradley Chubb because the guy went to NC State. Yeah. Anywho, I mean Tyreek Hill went to South Alabama, so somewhat Alabama ties. Yeah, I guess and, we can go there, kind of. Yeah, yeah. And technicality here. All right, moving back one day real quick. I like that game. We're gonna move back to college real quick. Mm-hmm. Your Bama boys beat Arkansas 24-21. How do you feel about this game? I mean, this it's not what I expected. I, I it's really it's really hard because I'm expecting to just blow out all these guys. Bama You have the smug life of Bama behind you. Yeah, Bama was just in survival mode again and Milrow only had ten completions, twenty one yards, he had two pass touchdowns. They were really focused on running the ball again. I mean McLean had 16 carries, which that's wild. And um, it, we were in survival mode again. I don't know. There's really nothing we can do to really move up. Like, we're not in the spot right now to move up. We just have to show dominant wins and hope everyone else loses out to get back in the top four and then have to beat Georgia in that case. So You've got to start with a, a dominant look against old Rocky Top. Yeah. It's got to be a good win for It's got to be a it's good not, win. Now, I will say that game is going to be awesome. The hype behind that game right now is yeah. so exciting. The transition of how it's become a rivalry, and now last year, you really, Bama should have won it if they had just one defensive stop, and now you have that defense. They also had two fingers and a block kick. Yeah. You have that defense now, you have, but the thing is, now you don't know, you don't have that offense that you did last year, so this is going to get real interesting how it's going to be. Moving on to what I would say was the game of the week in college football. Number nine, Oregon, losing to now number five, Washington, 36-33. Michael Penix is the Heisman. That dude is so good. And we'll talk about why Caleb Williams kind of fell out of that or later. Which but. we've kind of mentioned last week, uh, if he can be back-to-back. But right now, Michael Penix there, is Yeah, guy. there's also a big glaring reason why that's probably a no at this point. But Michael yeah. Penix looks so good, and that offense looks really good. And I think they're, I mean, Washington kind of pulling themselves forward to be a legit contender for the college football playoff at this point. Yeah. That was an unbelievable game. And I will say, there was a few big media markets out there saying the same thing. I don't know who could have won in that setting in Washington on college game day. That was an electric crowd, an electric atmosphere. There was nobody that was going to come in there and make that. Like you, I honest to God believe if you bring Georgia up there, that would have been a really tall task for Georgia to win in that atmosphere. For sure, because I mean, it's a even that Bone Nix looked good. Yeah, the, Oregon looked really good in this game too. It was not oh. the idea of Oregon gave up the game or anything. It was just that Washington was going to win in that stadium on that day. Yeah, came down to a missed field goal. Feel bad, but. Same time, what a great game. It was a great game. Good to see the home crowd win that way. For sure. Moving on, 
Texas A&M losing to number 17, Tennessee. This is almost kind of a preview game to throw in there for Tennessee. Just kind of say, hey, guys, like, step your stuff up, too. Yeah, I mean, both teams have not been what they were last year. And, again, it's going to get really interesting to see because I feel like this could be possibly a shootout game for Bama versus Tennessee. 100%. But struggle win for Tennessee, and it just wasn't really what they wanted. Uh, Millen, he only had 100 passing yards, 22 attempts, but 11 completions. For a guy that can throw to 120 yards, he is under 300 yards quite often. Yeah, for sure. Jalen, Especially an offense that we know is known for putting up massive numbers. Jalen Wright had 136 yards, 19 carries. He was pretty much their sole factor. And other than that, it was just a weird game. I, I can't really say much about it. Yeah, odd one, but we wanted to mention it to set up the next week. Yeah. Number 21, Louisville, going down to Pitt, 38-21. Pitt Panthers, they're back. How about Pitt? Gotta love it. I feel like this is one of those teams that's starting to become a Boise State-esque team. Yeah. Like, they're going to just be in, and of course they're a little bit higher level than that, but they're going to beat good teams, and they're going to be competitive, and they're going to send people to the league quite often. Like, they have to But they're not going to be, like, the team. No, they're never going to be the team in college football, but they're going to consistently have good pros, good players, a good coaching staff, mm-hmm. a good program, good recruiting. Like, they, they're always kind of consistently the same thing. For sure. But, yeah, other than that, I can't really say much. It's a good upset. Louisville, good upset. the fact that you won a game last week to upset, and then this week you you, you blew it. You blew it. Dang, blew it. Next. We got a Mountain West team that was ranked. I'm just a little bit excited about this one. Air Force. Back in the home state, number 22 Air Force. Beating Wyoming 34-27 to stay undefeated. Kind of love these teams pulling pulling off an upset. I will say Air Force has got a good team this year. Yeah. They're not, of course, like for Air Force's standards, they have a good team. They're not going to be competing at any high level, but they should probably stay ranked for a good long while here. Yeah, They're sure. going to beat a lot of other Mountain West teams pretty handedly. On the other side, Wyoming's a good team. They beat Texas Tech earlier this year at home. They're going to be still continuously good, so I think Air Force is around to stay, at least for a little while. Yeah, and then this is kind of just a preview because Air, Air Force takes on Navy. This will be a great game. Yeah, I love the Air Force-Navy games and the Army-Navy games. Yeah, they're Always so the good. Best. Even though most of them just run the ball the entire oh, time. Oh, yeah. It's, a, it's a, what you would believe, like, 1930s football looked like. And just even better than that, I guess. So, Miami, I'm going to move on real quick. The U loses the U. to number 10, UNC, 41-31. Drake May looked really good in this game. Miami, I, God, that locker room has to be writhing in pain yeah. after two weeks ago. I still, that's literally the only thing I can remember about, about Miami this year. And maybe that'll be the predominant thing that everybody remembers. Which is so Miami sad because they looked so good whenever they played up against UNC. And they figured their offense out. Yeah. They figured it out, and it's not going to matter. That's what everybody's going to remember is them running the ball instead of kneeling it when they could have. Yeah. And they looked so good. Start Van Dyke looked amazing. Yep. And again. now, like this entire season has been great. They just can't pull through with it. You know, it's. It's really weird, honestly. Mm-hmm. It's really, really weird with it. But yeah. Miami, I almost feel like they're in a kind of similar spot to A&M where it's like, are you guys ever going to really figure out your programs and get to a spot where you think you can win consistently every single year? Mm-hmm. Because it, that would be the expectation, but that's not where they're at anymore. Yeah, for sure. That's not where they're at anymore. But Moving on. My God. They get you every time. I'm so pissed. I hate so Notre Dame. So hard. Notre Dame beats USC in USC. 48 to 20. It's like they that's like they watch this podcast. Oh, they're listening, dude. They're listening. They're getting fueled up. And then the one week that you decided to go with them, you didn't fuel them well enough. And now they're now they're on a tear again. I will say Caleb Williams did not look good in this game. No. And neither did his offensive line. Did you know that he is top five in current pressures in all of college football? I mean, that doesn't surprise me. His offensive line is bad. Yeah. It's 
especially for that level of play. Like, they just don't. Him and Colorado are in very similar spots, honestly. They're not a good enough team to not have a good defense. And that too, man. When you don't have a, when you don't have a good defense because you're Lincoln Riley and think you can just run up the scoreboard, it's not. I've never understood never how that guy doesn't ever have a good defense. I don't get it either. He just never does. And it's so weird to me that Do you, you purposely recruit. just not recruit defense? I, I mean, recruit defense, get a good defensive coordinator in there to just hold them. You don't even need to hold teams to... Like twenty, you, you can hold them to twenty five. You need like three key stops, and you're winning the game, and you win the ball game. You don't. Yeah, this you don't is need the lowest that Lincoln Riley has scored at USC or at OU. I think it was in seven years, is what I saw. Yeah, you're not. So it's like you're not going to have to hold teams to under twenty points a game. You don't have to yeah. play Big Ten football. You just have to be able to be competent. You're not like Oklahoma State, which we'll finally talk about them. We finally have an actual reason to talk about yeah. them. You're not, like, you're not like Oklahoma State where you have to block like three kicks, get two interceptions, do, do all this. all the things to win. Just to win one game. No, you literally just need two stops if you're USC and you win the ball game. Yeah. Frustrating one for, uh, for Caleb Williams, I will say. Is he trying to throw his draft stock to not be the number one pick this year? I don't see why you would do that I if you're. Don't if you're, if I you're saw look, the message boards working on that one, and I had to chuckle a little bit and bring it up to you because I I can't imagine that's a real thing. I mean, if you're Caleb Williams and you're saying that whenever you get drafted, you want to own a majority stock of the team, and you're trying to get rid of, you're trying to take off your uh, draft uh, chances of being number one pick. I don't see why you would, but he's got a lot to say about this number one pick for a guy that we, I love. I think probably should be the number one pick, but there's no guarantee of being the number one pick. Yeah, I mean, like. It was obvious you were going to be the number one pick, but for you to say you to have a list of teams of where you want to go, you're making it harder on yourself to be that number one. Yeah, and so then when you struggle your first year, no one's going to be a fan of you. It'll be interesting. I think everyone's looking. I think he'll still figure it out. Yeah, he'll figure it out, but everyone's going to be looking for your downfall because of how you're acting. Exactly. He's got a few things to figure out, but also if he is that good and can back it up, then he's going to be just as loved as anybody else. (sighs) Yeah. Moving on, number twenty-five UCLA losing to number twelve Oregon State, thirty-six twenty-four. DJ. DJ and that defense. Oregon State's defense is a very legit team this year. I know. I honestly, I don't know. You might need to look this up for me here. I'll look it up. Does Oregon State play against Washington this year? I I don't know. Because that would be a great game. I mean, again, Oregon State looked good. They're looking to be. They do. November 18th. Wow. Oregon State makes it even better. Yeah, we're going to be a great game. This going to get really interesting because, I mean, we've seen with the AP poll of how these teams keep moving. We're going to see how the committee actually feels about these teams, though. Oh, 100%. We're going to get into that really, really soon on who they actually yeah, care Washington, about. they're on the – they're number five. Oklahoma dropped down one. Uh, Texas went back up. They're at eight. Which is so weird. North- Why did both teams with a bye this week move at all? I get there's other teams around them that moved that could have moved yeah. them, but like, why is Texas moving up in the rankings? I don't know. North Carolina jumped Bama. They're at the 10 spot. Bama's yeah. at 11. That kind of makes sense. Notre Dame's at six, uh, 15. Duke's That's at 16. That's odd to me. USC dropped at 18. That makes sense. Louisiana's at 19. LSU, I mean. I don't yeah, know why. No, yeah, 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 yeah. And then, other than that, UCLA dropped to 25. So uh, Yeah, I, it's so weird right now. I don't ever understand the committee most of the time. They're... They're very odd on what they pick, but yeah. Oregon State, I still think that they're a really legit team that has oh, yeah. not lost in almost two years at this point. Knock on wood for them. Oh, yeah. I got you, DJ. They are, I mean, for God's sakes, they don't lose right now. Yeah. They're, they're still one of those teams that's looking for a home next year, which is kind of crazy to me. Yeah. Consi- sure. They're almost a consistent program at this point that's going to have to figure out to be in a smaller pro- or a smaller area. Someone, really weird. someone at the end is, is will have to look for Oregon State. Oh, 100%. Because, I mean, 
I mean, no way this is going to happen. But if you're in the SEC, you're telling me you don't want – you'd rather have uh, Vanderbilt or Missouri than Oregon State? thousand percent. I don't know. I'll be curious to see what they go with on that. Yeah. Arizona upsetting Washington State, the other team that didn't have a home before. Wazoo. Former number 19. Arizona went in there and whooped up on them 44-6. Kim Ward was not Kim Ward in this game. Played took Washington State out of the 25. Yeah, I mean, they wiped them from the top 25. There was not a vote for Washington State after this week. Which, I will say, impressive that they did hold on for this long, especially for where they were ranked at the beginning of the season. But, my goodness, to an Arizona team that was unranked, that did not look that good before. I will say, they were starting to get a little bit of momentum. Yeah. They were getting a really close, good game with USC the week before that. And I think they just started to realize what they could do. And so now that they've started to kind of figure it out, I wonder if Arizona will kind of make a late surge out of here. But, I don't know. Washington State, that's a really bad look to lose at home that badly. Yeah, for sure. Speaking of a bad look... State of Kansas. Kansas. Come on down. Oklahoma State owns you. Oklahoma State owns Kansas is something I never thought I would say. It is a wild thing that we're saying. I told you before the South Alabama game and the Iowa State game, hey, we're going to lose to Iowa State, but then we're going to beat both Kansas schools. That was... You would have said I was insane. Yeah. You would have said I was absolutely insane. Yeah. I mean, Alex Hale, kicker, played great, went four for five. He did. He's been on a tear when it comes to field goals. Ollie Gordon was Offensive Player of the Week for Big 12. He was phenomenal. 284 yards, two touchdowns, almost 30 carries. He had 29. I mean, yeah, between the sets of touches that he had, he was phenomenal. Bowman, 28 28 attempts, 41 uh, 41, wow. 28 completions, 41 uh, attempts, 336 yards, two passing touchdowns. One uh, Presley and then one to the uh, flea flicker. Yeah, the flea flicker. Which and that then was the other one to Ali, which is yeah. a really good play. That one was nice. The flea flicker was nice. That was a nice play. I think uh, the way how I saw it, it was during the game. It wasn't even supposed to. It wasn't even supposed to go to Presley. No, so I was Presley up the, improvised on that. I was up in the press box on that one. He's supposed to block, and then he basically like he did. A, he's looking back to Bowman. He turns around almost for a half second, looks back to Bowman, sees that he got a guy in his face, and kind of rolls out for him. Mm-hmm. Presley's not supposed to be on that route at all, but he does. He or yeah. he did. He does. He does. And then he gets open, gets in the end zone, makes plays happen. Cool. I think they need to get him the ball more. Yeah, often. I've been saying that since like week one. You gotta get this. You gotta he give him the ball. Makes people miss all the time. Yeah, he you can. Give him the ball. I mean, literally, I've seen this man since high school because I played up against him. He is a freak athlete. He can turn any play into a touchdown. Yeah, it's it's fun to watch, man. But yeah. for our OSU Cowboys, good win. Wasn't Hopefully. fun for me to go up against, but um, he in college, it's it's fun to watch. It's fun to watch for your guys <laughs> out this time. Yeah, I will say, I hope that they continue this against West Virginia this week as they go on the road. Yeah, we go to West Virginia, then we take on Cincinnati, and then Bedlam. And then Bedlam. Yeah. Well, moving on now, we got Missouri, who upset number 24, formerly ranked Kentucky. A what? team that Missouri. just beat up on Florida, and Missouri looks good this year, man. They really do. You gotta be... I'm, I'm proud of Missouri. I'm proud of Missouri. I'm proud of Missouri for once. You know, it's kind of crazy that they can even be muttered in the same sentence as Vanderbilt right now, but they're honestly, they were bad, bad for a while. And yeah. They're kind of figuring their way out. I'm starting to think that they could get ranked here this year, which is a crazy idea. I mean, they Missouri. were, and then now they're not, but they I mean, could. They could get back to ranked and actually hold it this time. Yeah. But we'll see. I just wanted to mention that one because Kentucky got beat. I think that their passing game in Kentucky is so bad. Yeah. Oh, my God. If they can't run the ball for 250 yards, they're going to lose the game. It's real bad. Georgia beating Vandy 37-20. They need to play better defense. This, this yeah. does not I, feel as dominant uh, how, a defense as they were before. How does Vandy score 20? Yeah. The other thing mentioned from this game, Brock Bowers will be out for four to six weeks, which is a massive injury. He's pretty much going to be back for the SEC championship. Yeah. I mean, you can't, you can't be – 
going through the end of your schedule without him and feeling confident about your team right now. Yeah. I would be very concerned if I was Georgia because that's been our, that's your best player by far. Oh, yeah. And that makes a huge impact on your locker room. I think you you and I have both probably had this before where, like, one of, if not your best player on the team goes down for a while and you're like, oh, we're done. Yeah. That was the end of that. Oh, yeah, for sure. And it's not even it, – it's it could be true. It could not be true. You have a full team to play for a reason. But at the same time, like, it's such a morale loss. Mm-hmm. That we'll see if Kirby Smart the gag could get the boo right past that. All right. Gensler's Genesis Games of the Week for college this week. What you got? We got number three, Ohio State versus <coughs> Penn State. Somebody's going to be in top four after this game. Uh, it's going to be real good. so forward to this game. I, I want to see Penn State win it. Oh, me too. Drew yeah. Allard, please go in there and beat up on Ohio State in the shoe. Please. Uh, we talked about it before, uh, Tennessee versus Bama. Wish I hadn't seen a rocky top. We're going to see who owns Dixieland Delight uh, this week. We shall find out. That'll be a good one as well. Should be good. And the next one, Florida State going up against number 16th ranked Duke. I, I keep wanting to say there's a test to see if Florida State's legit, and they keep passing, so I guess I can't keep asking if they're legit. But yeah. Should be a really good matchup. I believe this one is in Duke, so it should be a good game as well. For sure. Uh, other than that, that's all I really got. Three, these are really the only three ranked games. Other than that, no one, there's nothing really much. But, I mean, this is pretty much what we see every week. Yeah, there's about three to four ranked games. These are should be really, really good games to go over and look at when we go into it. So, yeah. moving on a little bit, we're going to move back to Sunday. Some of our NFL news in there did not happen. I lied. <laughs> take that back. I Moving mean, into it. we were going to talk about uh, Bill Belichick. There was reports that Kraft was going to has had convos of moving Bill, but... They got to get him into a different role at this point, man. Like, yeah. He should be just the head coach. Yeah. He I, should not be the GM of this team. Anymore. Well, I mean, for Kraft here, are you already buying it? Of, well, are you already planning on selling this team? Well, not selling. He's already made it clear. That, like, it's going to be his until he dies. Yeah, none of the Kraft family is going to sell this team. Yeah. But... It's when I mean selling, I mean trading all of your players away. Yeah, I, for what value even is the weird idea? Because like the only person that I could see with any legit value is Matthew Judon, and he's hurt right now. Yeah, or Gonzalez, and, and he's you don't hurt want to right trade now. Christian Gonzalez either because he's a rookie. You yeah, for cheap for the next. Your offense, your best player on offense is Ramondre, and he doesn't really have the value to really get. You like, could maybe a get a fifth or sixth round pick for that guy because he's a running back as well. Yeah, his value is lower. Yeah, he's not, and he's gonna probably gonna want a huge contract because of the production he's been doing. Zeke, I mean, he looked fine. He's not something you're going to keep. No, he's not something that you hold on to long term. No, you just kind of thought, I mean, I'm going to assume New England thought they were going to win, like, have a pretty decent season and maybe get a playoff run, and Zeke was going to be your secondary guy, and this is just not how it's going. It's not how it's going. Not ideal. I'll say it again. We suck. We're racing for Caleb down We're here. so bad. I didn't mention the Broncos because they got whooped up on Thursday Night Football, and I didn't even want to mention it because they, they just looked anemic. Yeah. They didn't. Lost the Chiefs. Not shocking. That's 16 straight now to the Chiefs. Longest winning streak of all time by anybody in the division. Just thought I'd throw that out there. This is very brutal. Anywho. Anywho. I got to move on to the MLB because it is playoffs. It's the conference championship, and it's getting good right now. And hot. Currently, in the American League side of this, the Texas Rangers took a 2-0 lead at Houston to start the series. Massively in the series, everybody thought going back to Texas, it was going to be a 3-0, 3-1, whatever. Mm-hmm. Houston responded emp- emphatically, won two straight games, one of which was a 10-2 blowout, like demolished them out of the water. And now they go back to Houston, tied 2-2, and I don't remember who's taking the bump for them, but I think they're going back to 
um, one of either Christian Javier or it's going to be Fromper on the mound again. Yeah. And this series has been awesome. They don't like each other. They have great hitters on either side. They're hitting the ball really well. It's fun to watch. I mean, if you have never watched baseball before, I, I really hope that at some point you watch Jordan Alvarez mm-hmm. swing. That is not getting out right now. Do you want to hear the craziest thing? What's that? When they played game four, Jordan Alvarez went three for four, or three for five, excuse me, with two doubles, a home run, and two, uh, no, what's it called, and two hits out to lower his on-base plus slugging percentage to 1.565, which for everybody out there, an average MLB player is really good if you're sitting in an OPS right around like 800 to 900. Jesus. You're really good. Yeah. Like top of the top, you're one of the best players in baseball if you have a sustained 900 OPS. Mm-hmm. This dude has a one or a 1,500 OPS right now. Yeah. He is out of his mind. It is so much fun to watch. And on the other side of things right now, we have the Arizona Diamondbacks, the underdogs of everything going on right now, taking on the Phillies, currently down 2-1. to one, But I will say Arizona in their first game back home won their game. Brandon Peafott looked really, really good. Six and a half innings of work, five strikeouts, really, really solid, won the game. Now we'll see if they can go back to win it today. The pivotal games for today, Houston and Texas are going on early in the day. And then it'll be Arizona again against Philly tonight. And I think that if I have to say it this way, whoever wins game five in between Houston and Texas is going to win the series. Mm-hmm. And unless Arizona can win again tonight and force a game five that's at zero again, where they're both at 2-2, I think that series is over as well. Philly has too much momentum, too much ammo. They're a really, really good baseball team. And we'll get to the World Series very soon, which I will be very excited for. Yeah. I, again, I love postseason baseball. It's hard for me to watch regular season baseball. So... This is the best time of year to watch baseball. For sure. Great. Uh, before we go into the, uh, well, we take a quick break, do you want to talk about this Michigan thing? I do want to talk about this Michigan thing a little bit. It's been confusing me all week. I So for people at home that don't know anything about this story right now, Michigan is currently has allegations against them about the idea of them stealing signs. And everybody thinks to themselves, well, what do you mean they're stealing signs? They're just... That you can just look across and see and figure out what they're doing. It's not that simple. No. It's not at all that simple. For a high-tempo offense, usually in college football, they'll have anywhere from four to ten signal callers in yeah. a various ten. different positions across the sideline. And most of them are decoys. And most of them are decoys. Like, even in the high school, they do decoys. Yep, and they have to to make sure that you don't know what they're doing. Yeah. And it becomes the idea of who are you watching for what. So the what Michigan is starting to get claimed against is that some of their lower-level scouting some of, I believe they said it was military credentials of some sort. He had some crazy level credentials to get into this facility. I don't know. He got fired, though. He did get fired today. Yeah. Um, apparently was stealing some of the play call sheet signals mm. from them and stealing like pieces of paper from them on the sideline. And now Michigan could be facing allegations of suspension at some point for this, which I think is kind of ridiculous in some ways. But at the same time, like you got to... you. You have to put a hard foot against this because you don't want it to continue to happen. Yeah. I mean, it's really unfortunate because Michigan, this is the best Michigan team we've seen in a while. <coughs> and now and now these allegations are popping up. I mean, hope they didn't need to do this either, which is crazy. They didn't need to do it either. So if they're, say they're not allowed to be in the top four this year or get a bowl game, that's just terrible. It would be really, really sad. Especially with the whole Jim Harbaugh thing at the beginning of the year, too, that they're already moving fast. So Yeah. I don't know. I don't have the full set of information to know what the official ruling is behind it on what the NCAA is doing. We just keep hearing information about it as the week goes on. Yeah. If I'm a Michigan fan, I'm getting really frustrated by it, though. 
Like, I would be getting really pissed about the fact that this happened at all. Yeah. So again, you didn't need to do it. You, you've been blowing teams out week in and week out. Yeah, some quick reports before we actually go on break. The Steelers released uh, special teams returner Gunnar uh, Chesky. Gunner's gone. Gunner's gone. Uh, Stephen A. has some beef with Tyree Kill. Not shocking. <laughs> Not shocking at all. Uh, and uh, your guy, well, I don't know if you really want to claim it was your guy. Jerry, but Jerry Judy. Judy yeah. on the trade block. Colts, yep. Panthers, Packers, and Chiefs have monitored the receiver. Let's go ahead and send him to the Packers and get a second-round pick, please. Other than that, I believe that's really all we have. All righty, then we're just going to go ahead and get ready to go to break. On the other side, we're going to go ahead and preview the NBA season for you since it is back on Monday with some of our standings, who we think are going to win the major awards this year, mm-hmm. and everything else we can talk about with the NBA. But first off, I want to say thank you so much for listening. If you want to find anything else that we do here, we can find us on Spotify under just the Lace em Up podcast. You can find us on the Ocast on Ocali TV, where we're also seeing a bunch of other make, people make really cool stuff. I'm pretty mm-hmm. sure there's a new man on the street out. There is. Or not new man on the street. Man, listen. Me. Man, listen. Thank you so much yeah. that I want to listen to. Yeah. They interviewed, I believe it's one of the assistant coaches for basketball. Uh, I th- I thought I was assistant, but maybe I think he's a media person. Maybe that, that sounds I think right he, too. I think he's, it, a, he's an intern for uh, OSU Athletics. Okay. Uh, hosted it's still a on. good interview. I'm, I, I heard a little clip about it when I was up here, but it sounds like a really, really good interview. You should yeah. also go check that one out. Hosted um, by Zach Berger and Steven Spears. Yeah, great two, dudes. Two great dudes. It's a good time. Yeah. But if you want to check anything else out that's made up here, it's on the Ocast on there. If you want to find us on Apple Music, we are also on the Apple Podcast and our Lace Up Podcast. Leave us a five-star review. Leave us a like. It always helps us out because, again, Ty, how much does it cost? Free 90 Nine. Perfect. And we are going to go ahead and take our break. We will be right back on the other side. Yeah, we are. And welcome back into the Lace Up Podcast. We are back with segment two, talking about the NBA, which is almost back. It's almost That's the NBA Get intro. Get to listen to Charles and Shaq and Ernie and all the guys. All Get the guys. Jet. It'll be great. I'm so excited. Kenny, the Jets. For everybody who's wondering, Monday night is the opening night of the NBA season. The Nuggets are raising the banner at home against the Los Angeles okay. Lakers for okay. the first game. Okay. We get it. Oh, I just wanted to just wanted to say that one more time. We get it. You're a Nuggets fan. Oh, I know. I just wanted to just wanted to remind everybody that they're they're getting rings on Monday. Okay, anywho. Moving on. We're gonna talk about who we think is gonna be winning in each of the conferences this year and to standings. Now, of course we know standings don't really matter in the regular season as much, but it's still very interesting to talk about. Both of ours are kinda both of ours are kinda similar. We have very similar predictions here on where people are gonna end up, but I do think we have a few things that are a little bit different that mm-hmm. are gonna be very, very in good conversation. So For sure. I'm gonna go over my West first, and then I'm gonna look at your West, and we're gonna compare some of the no, there are some of the pieces we have in here. Yeah. So okay. one and two seeds we have the same. We have the Denver Nuggets being the one seed, the Phoenix Suns being the number two seed. I think these are probably the two best teams in the conference, yeah. talent wise. I think they're probably the two best coach teams at this point. I think they're gonna do super well in the regular season. They should be in a pretty good spot, one and two. Yeah, for sure. Number three, we have very differing spots here. I have the Sacramento Kings finishing okay. as the third seed again. You have the Los Angeles Lakers jumping up to be the three seed this year. I do indeed. Why do you think the Los Angeles Lakers will finish four spots higher than they did last year? Listen, I mean, we're just assuming that injuries don't happen here, uh, I'm, I'm assuming. In some ways, yeah. In some ways, yeah. So wh- whenever you have LeBron, Anthony Davis, Austin Reeves, who looks great, you got Rui, you have Christian Wood now, and you just added Gabe Vincent, I, I no matter when LeBron, no matter how old LeBron is, I'm still going to pick LeBron. 100%. I will say I accounted for some of the injury risk in my rankings. Mm-hmm. And that's part of what I thought was just it's hard for me to see a season where a 39 going on 40-year-old LeBron 
and Anthony Davis stay fully healthy for 82 games. Yeah, I don't think I don't think LeBron's gonna you know be carrying this team, but this is still a deep roster. It's still a deep roster. I I agree in certain aspects of that for sure. The Gabe Vincent I was a really really good ad for them. I still have them in the playoffs. I have them in the same spot as they were before. I think they're gonna have some of the similar issues they had last year for sure, where they have some injury issues, they have some chemistry issues right away. Mm-hmm. They're not gonna have the same talent deficit they had at the beginning of last year, but at the same time, I think there's gonna be other things that get in the way. And plus, there's just the West is so talented. I'll yeah. say it right now. I put two teams down for my eight seed because it's hard for me to see either of them missing the playoffs. But they, somebody has to miss in the West. Yeah. Moving on down, we have – I have – or sorry, excuse me. You have the Grizzlies at four. I have them at six. I think I just have a little bit more impact on the first 25 games that Jaws going to miss. Wait, Grizzlies at four? Yeah, I have the Yeah, you have the Grizzlies at four. I have the Grizzlies at six. I just yeah. think that they're going to be a little bit more impacted by John in those first few games and getting him acclimated again. But I agree with you. They're a really good team. I wanted to put really Warriors – I wanted to put Warriors. I really think – I like the CP3 edition. Um going into it but this is a the Warriors are pretty much like if any injury happens which I know we're not putting in account but you got to put in some cases because people are going to sit out I think it's just if one person's out then it's going to make a difference now the other reason I put the Warriors that high is because last year had this giant black cloud over it going into the season with the whole Draymond Green punch on Jordan Poole yeah I think with that lifted off with another veteran guard on the bench Steve Kerr I think they're gonna have a really good regular season and I think they're gonna be pretty good in the playoffs as well all things standing now we're 82 games away from that point so there's a lot of things that will change yeah but looking at it right now I think this is at least a really good Warriors team on paper that has continuously been really, really good yeah. with these guys. Grizzlies, I put high. I know with uh, John not playing the first few games, it's going to be kind of tough, but I think getting just the cancer of Dylan Brooks out of there is hard. And replacing him with Marcus Smart, who is a better, smarter option of what he does, yeah. be a really good defender, be an opportunistic shooter, be a grit and grind guy who's going to be smart in the offense in the locker room. They're going to have a veteran in there. Derrick Rose is another really smart veteran to bring in for Jaw. Like, they have smart pieces in there now, and I think their front office did a pretty good job with that this offseason. Yeah, for sure. One of the teams that I have making it out of the play-in this year and being a top-six seed, the Oklahoma City Thunder, you have still making the play-in and being the seventh seed, the last team in the play-in at this point. Mm-hmm. Where do you think the Thunder team stands right now? This is going to be a, this is a deep, scary team, but not right now. That's they're they're going to have some problems. I put before, whenever we get to that, I have Shea as a sleeper for the MVP because good God, his He's stats. So good. His stats are so good. He's. I mean, he is a basketball player. He's phenomenal. Yeah. That guy is so so good at getting to his spot and making his shots. Yeah. So, we'll see in a few years whenever they start actually using their picks and then they get to the t- uh, higher seeds. Right now, I think they're gonna make playoffs, but it's gonna be kind of just like a new opportunity for them. So they're not gonna get. It's going to be not so much success, but for them going from being one of the worst teams to now where they're at is a huge success with this um, organization. Very true. I will say the the reason I have them in a better spot right now is because they have been on such a linear progression, being the worst team in the league to now, or to last, or sorry, excuse me, two years ago being better, a little bit better, but not much better. Last year making the play-in as the 10 seed, and then this year, I can 100% see where you're coming from, where their next leap and jump is to be the highest spot in the play-in. Yeah. I think that they just barely squeak out of that. I think there's probably like a one to two game difference between the five seed and the eight seed. I mean, honestly, like yeah. there's not going to be a lot of difference in those last few seeds. On the eight seed, you have the uh, you have the Thunder going five. I do have the Thunder going. To the I have them seed. at seven. You do. I have it between. It was between the Thunder and T Wolves. I just think the Thunder is just a better team. I do too. I think. 
what's hard for me, I have the so when I'm looking down the list here, I have the Mavericks and the T Wolves fighting for that eight seed. Mm-hmm. It's so hard for me to say because I think that the Timberwolves have more talent as an overall roster, but they're just so much turmoil around both of these teams. It's like whoever figures their stuff out first is probably going to get the AC. Yeah. Whoever sure. whoever really figures out their offense and figures out their, their turmoil in the locker room and how to play with each other is going to be really good. Now, do I trust Kyrie Irving and the Mavs to do that? Probably not. Do I trust Rudy Gobert to do that? It's and not the Timberwolves, kind of not. With uh, the Mavs, it's like besides Kyrie and Luka, that team is – Tremendous, like terrible. I will say they added Grant Williams this year. Jaden Hardy's a guy that I like. Josh Green's a guy that I like. They need big man play. Yeah. It's good God, their big men are bad. That's right always now. been their problem. They did draft Eric Lively this year, who I think probably in one, two years from now will be a good defensive center. But mm-hmm. right at this very moment, is that helping you? Probably not. Probably not. Again, that's why I have them as the eight seed looking in. Um, but at the same time, like the, that T Wolves team is really, really talented. It's hard for me to keep them out yeah. and in a different spot. For sure. Plus, I mean, they they are the kings of consistency. They want that eight seed every single year. They're they're good at getting it. So, mm-hmm. all right, we go with the East or not the East? Excuse me, the West. Anything else we need to add about those teams? Just the West is so stacked. Oh my god, god was, we had to leave some teams out of there that was it, like I didn't want to. It was a lot harder for me to pick my West teams than the East. Do you know a team that we didn't even mention? The New Orleans Pelicans, who I honest to god think they could win fifty games this year. If yeah, they, stay they can be in the play-in. It's just Zion. Zion, can you stay healthy and can the rest of this roster build around now? Yeah. The East a little bit less, a little bit less daunting. Here, I really, less, I, I really wanted to put Chicago, but I just couldn't. Yeah, it's hard to hard to trust in that. All right, so yeah. our one and two seeds are just flipped, but I think we have the very similar idea on this. I have the Celtics being the one seed and the Bucks being the two seed. You have the Bucks being the one seed and the Celtics being the two seed. I wanted I wanted to pick Celtics one. It was just the fact that Bucks always run with the first seed, and I think Celtics they have. Obviously, the Bucks have a different team as well, but Celtics, they're going to have to adjust with because they lost some of their bench depth. And so I think they're going to struggle for a bit, but they're going to do what the Celtics do, and I think they'll close out with the second seed. But I think Bucks, they just look great. Yeah, I think this is going to be a two, two-horse two race for that one seed right now, and I think it'll actually be a really competitive race because yep. I think both teams are going to want home court in the playoffs over the other. So I, the reason I picked the Celtics, um, I think they're one really well-built for the regular season. And number two, I think their top six is probably the best in basketball. Yeah, and sure. that's that's again barring no injuries, nothing bad happens in the games, whatever, right? But barring anything else, their top six is probably the best in basketball. Oh yeah. And as long as they can learn to play with each other, they're going to be really, really good on both sides of the court. Yeah. Now we both have the Cavs at three. We do. This is kind of the make it make or break year for the Cavs with Donovan Mitchell. Mm-hmm. I would like to say that he stays around there because I like him with that team. I like him with Garland. You know, I forgot, uh, speaking of the West, we also didn't mention the Jazz. We did not mention the Utah Jazz. I think that they're probably going to be okay this year, but I don't think they're going to be anything special. Yeah. I don't think they're going to surprise teams like they did last year. The thing that hurts them so badly is their guard play. Yeah. Their projected starting point guard and shooting guard for this next year is Colin Sexton and Jordan Clarkson. Which all love the Colin Sexton, but... And Jordan Clarkson, but, like, for God's sakes, that's a pretty decent to below average backcourt for oh, a yeah. backup unit. For sure. Like, not you don't start those two. So yeah, our four our four seeds the same with the Hawks. With the Hawks, I think that they're kind of going to take a jump this year, move yeah. a little bit more forward. Everything else, they've always looked like they can be dangerous, and then they just can't close out. Yep, you had the Miami Heat at five. I had them finishing up at the seven seed this year. I think l- the losses of Max Struess and Gabe Vincent are going to be massive, especially in the regular season, that they're going to be a play-in team. Again. Oh yeah. Now but- we get to playoff times. All bets are off. I'm not going to talk about what I think about this team in the playoffs. 
but for what I've seen from the Heat for the last few years, they don't take the regular season all that seriously, and losing two pretty key role players is going to hurt them in the regular season. Miami always finds a way with Eric Spolcher and his amazing coaches to get more, like just find some hidden gems. Oh, 1,000%. So we're probably going to find a guy. There's going to be a Duncan Robinson-esque guy in there. You have the 76ers at five, which is, is not a bad pick. It's just I feel like with this James Harden dilemma, who's recently just been reported in Houston, I think that's just going to be a cancer. Oh, 1,000%. The things that I think are going to help them kind of stay afloat. Like, I don't think that they're going to be a top four seed. I mean, they're probably going to be in somebody else's building for the first round of the playoffs. Mm -hmm. The reason that I think they can stay afloat is I think Tyrese Maxey is such a good talent. Oh, yeah. I don't think – I don't see Tobias Harris having the greatest year. I think think we're going to see some frustration with Joel Embiid because we've seen where this team has been when you had him, Jimmy Butler. He's had to do this before. Tobias – you had such a great lineup, and now it is just slowly fading away. I want you to put yourself in Joel Embiid's shoes real quick. You've done this once before with Ben Simmons mm-hmm. and having to deal with the antics of you're going to carry a team for half a season, all for it probably to mean nothing. Yeah. But there's the chance of getting a James Harden at the end of it, right? And now you're doing the whole same thing over again, and you're expecting to tell Joel Embiid that this is all going to work out and it'll all be okay. You just got to carry the team for a little while. You're trouble with beating that spot. Is it getting pretty close to saying, "Hey, I need to leave Philly because this is just getting frustrating and ridiculous"? Yeah, I mean, I don't. I wouldn't be surprised if he requested a trade because, I mean, again, you had such a great light. Like it was a finals type team that they had around yeah. with JJ Redick, Jimmy Butler, Tobias Harris. You had everything you needed, and now again, slowly fading away. It's just where. Plus, the other thing I want to mention here and kind of ask you, and I, I get this is a little off topic because we're talking about the regular season. Has Joel Embiid shown at all that he can be a number one option on a championship team? Not really. So would it be better off if he were to get in one of the trade situations such as a Damian Lillard where there is a guy, i.e. a Steph Curry, a Dame before he got traded that can be that one option? Yeah. So, again, we're all playing hypotheticals right now. James Harden had also apparently figured out a trade with the Clippers and the Clippers denied it. Mm -hmm. Um, So we'll see if he's going anywhere for a while. He might need to just kind of figure it out there and – he made his cake and now he's got to eat it too. We'll see what happens with that team. He was a report. He was supposed to go to Houston. Like there was a trade. There was a trade talks of him going to Houston. Did you hear about what happened in the off season? Yeah, he went to Houston. Had a full interview. They had full intentions of giving him the full max. And then he was talking about how he was going to be the first team. Like he wanted to go. He back wanted to go pool. back to what he was in Houston. Which again, I don't blame him. Like he had such a great year. But I mean, it, it's this day of age at the NBA. You, don't need a number one scorer doing everything. That's also not what the Houston Rockets want to do. Yeah, no. They have such a good young core that they want to use all of them and just to kind of say, hey, you're all going to be spot-up shooters now, and James Harden's going to run the show. Like, that's such a waste of Jamari Smith's challenge. An old James Harden. Jalen Green. And an old James Harden, too, that has a torn up hamstring and every other issue with him. So, Which the Rockets did trade Kevin Porter to the Thunder, which I'm kind of a fan of. I am as well. I think the Thunder or I think the Thunder said they're going to wave him right away. He's going somewhere else. But they got two second round picks for it. You just need to get that locker room cancer out of there. Yeah. Um, guy's kind of proven that he can't stay mentally in the NBA. There's certain guys that it's like, oh, you physically can't be in the NBA. You just don't. You're not good enough. And there's certain guys it's like, you played yourself out of the NBA. Which is sad because he's, he's a good player. He's very talented. Yeah. That dude could have been a great six man or even starter for certain teams. Yeah. He just, 
Can't keep his head out of his, uh, you know what? Yeah. Moving, so moving forward. Moving uh, forward. You have the. I have the New York Knicks at the six seed. And this is where I have the 76ers. This is where you have the 76ers. Neither one of us had them making the play-in, which I think is probably fair because they have such a tie in talent in Embiid. Mm-hmm. The only flip that I would have here is that I think the Knicks are good enough that their defense is probably going to be top ten again, and they're going to be over the heat, in my opinion, for regular season. Which is really hard to say because if I if I just stack up who the players are on both teams, you'd say the Heat are a better team ten times out of ten, and I wouldn't disagree with you. Yeah, It's just about who takes the regular season more seriously, who has the deeper roster, and I think the Knicks have a really deep, good roster. They have a deep team. It's just Josh Hart's on their bench. It's just really weird to say that this is like Jalen Brunson's team. Yeah, which is, I mean, I love me some Jalen Brunson. Me too. Can you really call that a number one option? I mean, last year, hey, he proved it. Uh huh. I can't, I can't say a whole lot. That man proved it up until he played the Heat. For sure. So. And it's just, uh, it's Tom Thibodeau just gonna tear this team apart. Yeah. Playing then, forty minutes a game. Oh, 100 percent. He's gonna go hard in the regular season. They're gonna win some games. Yeah. Another reason I kind of have them up a little bit more is because I think Tibbs is gonna want to win it. And finally, a team that I kind of thought I was sleeping with when I said the Indiana Pacers, but you also had the Indiana Pacers landing as the eighth seed. I did indeed. Really easy to just say. Tyrese Halliburton's really good. Bruce Brown's going to be a great veteran option for them. Um, Benedict Matherin should take a little bit of a leap in year two, even though he's not my favorite year two player. I think he's a really good player. Yeah. So. I mean, this is just very young, very fun team. Miles Turner's a really good, consistent center. Yeah. Probably one of the most underrated people in the entire NBA. Best three-point shooter, I believe. As yeah, and he's also blocking two and a half shots a game. Like, really, really good. Really good. All right, we're going to move on. We're going to skip the MVP real quick because I want to leave that to the end when we get into the good stuff. We're going to move into some of the less less well-wanted awards. We're going to move from our, from us. We're going to move from bottom to top. So, Coach of the Year to start. Some of the front runners right now that we see out there would be Head Coach Michael Malone of the Denver Nuggets, Head Coach Frank Vogel of the Phoenix Suns, the Bucks head coach, Adrian Griffin, and then a sleeper team in there would be the Thunder's head coach, Mark Dagnall. I think Mark Dagnall can win this if they end up being a top four seed. Yeah. But it would be a very similar story to how the Sacramento Kings, Mike Brown, won it last year. Where it's just like, oh, this team is not expected to be this good. They are all of a sudden this good. He kind of wins it for that reason. I also think this award kind of works one year late, right, if that makes sense. Like, yeah. Teams who were really good the year before end up getting it a lot of times. So I think Michael Malone might just get it because it was like, oh, this team was really good and he's never won a coach of the year before. Mm-hmm. He kind of needs one. Kind of needs one. If Frank Vogel really impresses and that defense is somehow really good in Phoenix, which I, I mean, good God, if they have a good defense, I'm going to be really impressed. Yeah, it's going to be interesting what we see with the Suns team. It'll be really good. But I also think Frank, Frank Vogel's a good coach. He's yeah. an NBA champion level coach. So if he can figure that stuff out, he will help them really win. And then, of course, the Bucks with Adrian Griffin. If, how fast is Dame going to get acclimated in there? It shouldn't take too long. But how fast are this is team going to get good? Mm-hmm. Moving on, most improved player. The odds-on favorite and runaway favorite for this is Mikael Bridges. He's he's really good. He I, is really good at basketball. I, I was so sad whenever we traded him for KD. God, he is. And he loved the Suns, too. He fits so perfectly. Him and Cam Johnson were huge. Like, they loved yeah. being up with the Suns. Their length was massive, too, yeah. when they got in the playoffs. But, alas, they're here now. They're in a different league. Or, we're in a different <laughs> league, different year. So, my, or not Miles Bridges, good God. Mikhail Bridges, odds on favorite by far, but not my favorite. Not your favorite. Not my favorite. My favorite this year would be Tyrese Maxey. Yeah. Real For good player. Multiple two reasons. James Harden, we talked about a little bit before with him being out and probably not playing start of the season. Tyrese Maxey is really, really good, and he's going to get a lot of really good opportunity next to Joel Embiid mm-hmm. to be the lead guard and be super, super good for that team. I think he could probably win most improved player and be a 20-point-per-game guy this year. For sure. For the first time in his career. 
Another name that's put on there is Cade Cunningham. I almost wish they had an award on here for comeback player of the year. Me too. I was because I, it's hard to like. He is third right now in the odds-on favorites for most improved, but it's like, what is he improving from last year when he played six games? Yeah, I looked at. Um, I honestly searched whenever looking at this. I searched up comeback player of the year. And I forgot that the NBA doesn't do that. They don't have that, which is kind of crazy, especially yep. with how many players get injured at this point. Mm-hmm. One of the next guys is Jordan Poole, who is now on the Washington Wizards. Obviously, just more opportunity. He's going to yeah. have a lot more shots. He's going to get a ton of looks. Like, he just is going to average 20, 20 points per game. It just depends really on how efficiently he does it and how good the Wizards are. Yeah. And then, they're not gonna be. and then another guy that I picked, but it's not really – he's not – I don't. Pick. it's not that I don't think he'll win. It's just I would love to see him come back. It's Markel Fultz. Just the story behind them being the number one pick and the way that they he just like forced himself whenever he clearly couldn't shoot the basketball, and now he's in a better spot with the Magic. Will he get some? Uh, it's going to be kind of hard with Jalen Suggs, but I would just really love to see him come back. The other thing I will say, I was very close on mine throwing the Pacers off and putting the Magic in as an eight seed, but I yeah. think they make the play in this year. I don't think they win a game this year. For sure, Paulo is really good. Franz is very good. I think that. Our buddy Markel Holtz could get somewhere in the range of like eight to nine assists a game because he's that good of a passer. Oh yeah, and also he's getting his shot back. He's figuring out the other stuff. He mm-hmm. looks like he could be really good. That's a good call on that one. Mm-hmm. Moving on, Defensive Player of the Year, Jaron Jackson Jr., the reigning Defensive Player of the Year at this point. Is still the odds-on favorite for next year. Mm-hmm. Again, I like this pick. I think he's a really good pick, but not my pick. I think this is the first year that Evan Mobley wins a Defensive Player of the Year. I wouldn't be surprised. That dude is so good defensively. Just Sheerly banks on his instincts and length and twitchiness. He's so good. He's so good defensively, mm-hmm. and I hope that it gets recognized this year for why the Cavs have a, such a good defense when they're running double picks. Yeah. It uh, At some point, I think they're going to have to trade Jared Allen and move Evan Mobley to the center, but for right now, that Twin Towers look, especially in the regular season, is so good. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, it's real good. I really love the love to see that for Cleveland. And you know what? That Twin Towers look is not going to fall. They both stay upright. It's crazy. Moving on. The rookie of the year. Wimby, uh, I I would love to see him ball out. I really he hate so good in the preseason. I really love uh how he looked. I feel like the Spurs are just gonna protect this man at all costs though. So I wouldn't oh, be surprised. I wouldn't be, and especially with how the new rules are to winning awards and being uh, all teams, I kinda see Shed getting this one. Yeah, I'll be really curious to see. I I don't know if Wemby's going to play enough games. I think if he does, he's probably going to win it running away. Yeah. Like, he is going to average 22 points a game, seven rebounds. You think it's going to be that much? Dude, he, I mean, right now in the preseason, he is currently averaging 21 points per game in 22 minutes per game, I was shooting 60% from the field. I was thinking maybe, like, 16 to 9. He, man, I don't know. I think he could, I definitely think he could be a 20-point-per-game guy his first year. Because of how many different tools he has in his tool bag, mm-hmm. he could be a twenty point per, or like a fifteen point per game guy, surely based off the stuff he does off the ball. Yeah, for catching sure. Catching lobs, being a roller, catching catch and shoot, coming off the of screens, all that stuff could get him to fifteen points. Oh, by the way, he's also seven foot four with the, one of the best handles for a guy that's been that size ever. Oh yeah, that's going to seriously help him as well. I think. Yeah, and again, it's hard to say because if he plays enough games this year, he. I think, again, we'll run away with it. But we'll see if he ends up playing that many games. The other person that everybody's really excited about, that it's very fair to be excited about and should be, he's a really good player, Chet Holmgren. 
He looks in a lot of ways, I don't want to say a poor man's Wemby because that sounds like he's not good, but he's a really, really good player. He does a lot of the same skill set. He's not as big as Wemby is or tall as Wemby is. He, I don't know, he's kind of the answer that everything the Thunder need right now. They need a little bit more uh, spacing on the outside. He's a good shooter. Mm -hmm. They need some rim protection. They need a big that they can play consistently, and Chet's that right now for them. For sure. A couple other guys I wanted to throw in there. Scoot Henderson is somebody that's going to be really good right away. He's going to be just a really good point guard right off the bat. And then the Thompson Twins. Can either of them kind of figure out how to shoot right away? Because if they can, then they're going to be in this race as well. Yeah, for sure. All right, moving on to the big kahuna, the big one, MVP. I threw the four main odds-on favorites on there. Nicole Jokic is the odds-on favorite right now, followed by Jason Tatum, surprisingly enough. Giannis Antetokounmpo and Luka Doncic are all on there. See, the thing, because uh, I agree, Jokic, Tatum, Giannis, those are kind of the people running away with it. Uh, I put Sleeper with Shea, but with how I, I look with Luka and Shea, it's just, because uh, they're going to be lower seeds. Can they convince everyone that they had such a dominant season in their load? I get it with Russell Westbrook. 100%. This was a different year, too. It was a different year. Russell Westbrook had an average of triple-double and carry the whole load Yeah. just to get the MVP. The same idea with Jokic. He had to put up the most efficient offensive season of all time yeah. for people to be like, oh, okay, he's he got that as a six seed. And even oh. then, there was still a ton of people that were like, he shouldn't have got that award. Yeah, so Luka and Shea, I would like to see him win it. It's just with how their team's looking, they're going to be looking to be a lower seed. I don't know if they can really convince themselves out of someone like a Jason Tatum who's like the one seed getting similar stats. See, that's my thought process like, right now. So here's, here's kind of the way I looked at this through. Luka's not going to be a high enough seed. He is going to put up insane stats as he always does, but I don't think he's going to be a high enough seed. Yeah. Giannis is going to be really good on a really good team, mm-hmm. but how many shots does Damian Lillard take away from him? Because he's so much more of an offensive threat than Drew Holiday is. You can't tell me that Drew Holiday and Dame are going to have the same amount of shot attempts this for, next upcoming year. For sure. So Giannis is going to have to give away some of that. For Wait, sure. why are you saying Drew Holiday and Dame? Drew. So Drew Holiday, just think about it in the in the Bucks offense. Drew Holiday's on Celtics. I know he is now. Okay, I was going to... I'm I'm just saying from last year to this year. Okay. Think about the amount of shot attempts that Drew Holiday would have produced in the Bucs offense. Yeah, yeah, I get what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was confused. So those shots are going to have to come from somewhere. Either Chris Middleton taking a backseat, which I wouldn't be that opposed to, or Giannis having to lose some of his shots. I thought you were saying Drew Holiday was still on the Bucs. No, 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 no. Okay, okay, yeah, I agree. In the same vein, I think that Drew Holiday is going to be a really good piece for Tatum on that team because he's going to be a really good defender, not take a ton of shots away from him. They're going to be a really good team. Yeah. Uh, I'll tell you right now, I don't even think Jokic wants another MVP. Like, he deliberately took himself out of the race last year by basically not trying in the last month of the season. Oh, yeah. So, I don't even think he wants to be a part of this conversation. If he hears he's a part of the conversation again, he might just throw it out of the way again. Mm-hmm. If I had to pick somebody today, I think Jason Tatum would be my MVP. I, I couldn't agree more. I think Tatum's my guy, my pick. Which, I don't know how much I love Tatum outside of the regular season because some of his decision-making and how he handles the ball sometimes. But at the same time, he is a really, really good player. Like, don't get me wrong. He is in this MVP conversation for a reason. It it almost feels like a modern-day Carmelo Anthony in some ways, but also a good defender. Good defender. Really smart IQ when it comes to defensively and where he's standing and how to get himself open. A lot better shot maker. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's... He is for sure the real deal. I think Jason Tatum can win an MVP this year and run away with it. Is there anything else you want to say on the NBA before we start wrapping up the show today? I don't believe so. I don't think so either. So 
I think we're going to go ahead and get done with the show today before we get going up to Piedmont. Piedmont, Oklahoma. One more time, I want to say thank you so much for listening. If you want to find anything else that we do, we're on the Spotify, underneath the Lace Them Up podcast. You can find us on the Ocast, where you find some of the really cool stuff on there as well, as well as on Apple Music, under the Lace Them Up podcast. Give us a like, give us a five-star review. It really does help that many people watch it, and it is, in fact... Free. Wow. Wow. Free? Free? Free 99. Free 99. What? And now that my eardrums are gone, we are going to talk to you guys so much later. Thank you so much for listening. Have a good rest of your day. See you guys.